When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. Chris, how are you doing? Are you safe? I'm safe. I'm hanging in there. Everything's good here. How are you? I am doing well, though the state of the world is very upsetting right now. I am excited to be back in the podcast. My family's safe as well. Obviously, we talked about in our last episode, both you and I were laid off, so we've fully adjusted to those changes now and kind of got new systems in place. My household following a new income and all this stuff. And then on top of that, just things went a little crazy in the world. Again, you know, we say that and we've had several episodes recently, namely our last episode and when I talked on the Hulk episode just about hoping everyone's being safe and okay right now and with everything going on in the world and everyone's treating each other right. And I'm just going to echo those sentiments because so much of this, Chris, is above our purview. And I know this episode is not going to even release exactly when we're recording this. So things might change too, but just treat each other right right now. And we hope our podcast, if anything, can be just hopefully a positive gaming moment for you in the middle of your week, potentially take your mind off some things because I really want to reach out to everyone right now that messaged us this past week and said that they really enjoyed listening to namely Valkyrie and Loki and that it was basically getting them through quarantine and some of the other events going on in the world. I can't thank you guys enough for just reaching out and telling us that because it's very encouraging to be in these discouraging times and to hear people enjoying your content and saying it lifted their spirits a little bit, Chris. It feels wonderful. I had some nice conversations with some listeners this week via DMs as well. It was great. It was really nice just to connect and know that everybody was still thinking about the game and enjoying the content, and it it just kind of meant the world. That's right, and that's what we got to do right now. We got to stick together, and we got to lift each other up. Hopefully, the world will get through this time. There's not enough we could say to even cover this, Chris, and to do it justice, but it's just we want to know that we're thinking of you right now and everyone wherever they're at and what they're going through. It matters. Everything matters. Everyone needs to be treated the same in the world, and we just hope that our little tiny corner of the world, which is a Marvel gaming podcast, (laughs) can hopefully bring some positivity to the world, especially in times like these, because it's always our goal, right, is to have fun and bring positivity and joy to people's lives at a high level. Uh, Hopefully, we can do that, and that's that's all we're trying to do. That's right, Jesse. We do do our best to bring a little light into the world, and we know it's been very challenging the last week or two, especially the last week for us at the moment. And we just want to encourage everyone to, you know, keep your head up, treat your neighbors with respect and kindness, and just be a good person. Yeah, Chris, you couldn't say that better. And I'm just going to end on a Stan Lee quote, which is, America is made of different races and different religions, but we're all co-travelers on the spaceship Earth, and we must respect and help each other along the way. That sums up my thoughts. The man knew what he was doing. And the man made a lot of progress in the world, Chris, more than just in culture and in art. If we could all be more like Stan Lee, the world would be a good place. 
So we'll leave it there. But Chris, with MCP, we covered last week so many spoilers. And I've got some good news for you, Chris. We went over a lot of spoilers. Like we said, we don't have time to dive deep into these right now. We can just talk about our excitement that they were announced. But the good news is, is everything that's on the boat or shipping soon is now in the AtomicMass.com gallery. So if you go to AtomicMass.com and click on gallery, you can see all the way up to CP25, which is Thanos. That's a pretty big deal, Chris, because they've kind of updated the entire gallery with all the photos, all the 3D renderings of all the characters, and just what you get in these boxes. And that's really great because we're still kind of in a strange spot where we have missed a couple CPs along the way. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man and Gwen. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Gamora and Nebula and Proxima and Corvus Glaive were kind of supposed to be around the same time as Rocket Groot and Star-Lord, but they got staggered as well, and then COVID happened. Basically, by the time you listen to this episode, and hopefully we are too, getting our Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, Gamora, and Nebula soon at our local stores and in the mail. I know several people in Europe have them, I mean, namely speaking for us here in the United States. So then that would keep us up to date. Shortly after that, Chris, we're going to get the rest of the Black Order, Drax and Ronan, and kind of just round out the rest of the Black Order and the Guardians quickly. I think that's going to be coming within the next month or less. So that's insane. Okay, firstly, in here we also have Hawkeye and Black Widow, which we talked about last episode, and then Thanos, and then Strange and Wong. And it's not exactly determined the exact order these are coming out, but I do know for certain that Hawkeye and Black Widow are the wave prior to Thanos. I was told that Hawkeye and Black Widow are coming out around the same time as Drax and Ronan, but I believe this is all happening within the next month or two, so it's just pure insanity. So will we have Thanos by, like, beginning or middle of July? Maybe. How exciting is that? That's a lot, Chris. That's very exciting. Whenever the shops are open again and we can Mm -hmm. kind of get back out there, man, so many characters to test, so many games to play. I know it's so many characters staggering. to paint. It's it's absolutely staggering. We got like a weird thing where the world was put on hold, content creation was put on hold, shipments of games were put on hold. So it's kind of like we're just getting Christmas Day rather than it spread out throughout the year like we normally have. We're getting like several waves of heroes at once, Chris. Like the last hero I got, Chris, and I know you didn't even get yours in yet, but the last heroes I got were Rocket Groot and Star Lord. That's it. I didn't get any of the Black Order. None of that. And immediately when I got Star-Lord, it was just like the door was shut. Turns out that that's a lot of the community of this game, too. They got Star-Lord, Rocket, and Groot. They might have played in one weekend of tournaments or games, and then the world shut down. We're in a really unique position, not only as people who create content for this game and try to get it out to the people, but like as just a community of MCP gamers, it's wide open. I know a lot of people are playing TTS, and we respect you, and we want to learn from you more about that. <laughs> that's the truth. But, Chris, you and I have not put the Black Order to the table. We have not put all the Guardians to the table, of course. I just got done finishing hobbying Star-Lord, Groot, and Rocket, and they're ready. They're good to go, which is incredible. But let's not even forget to mention Doctor Strange and Wong. If you look at the gallery, they are before Thanos, but by release order, they're going to be right after Thanos, which I think is correct because we're going to get all the Black Order together. And then, of course, this movie event, which didn't happen, Hawkeye and Black Widow. But still... Strange and Wong after that. And then, Chris, right after that, we get the Cosmic Terrain and the Green Goblin. And let's not mention we have so many more spoilers which are not on this page. So many more. We know about Ant-Man and the Wasp. We know that Punisher's coming. We know Taskmaster's coming. Chris, what do you think about that? Yeah, I cannot wait to paint him. I'm just so excited for that. Punisher, Taskmaster, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Ghost Rider. So many characters that have been actually fully revealed just... We don't have their CP where they fit in all this. We don't have their page on the website, but they've been revealed by Atomic Mass, so they're official. You know, many more that have been hinted at. So it's a very exciting time. And I feel like this is the calm before the storm, Chris, but I feel like the storm is hitting like next week. Stores are getting start up again. All these waves are hitting all at once because, like I said, like originally, Proxima Midnight Corvus Glaive. And Rocket, Groot, and Star-Lord were a wave. And then Nebula, Gamora, Drax, Ronin, Maw, Black Dwarf, they were a wave as well. And, of course, then we have Hawkeye and Black Widow nestled in there as well. And then Thanos not long after. So all these waves are just going to be, a couple of them are going to come together. And a couple are going to be shortly behind them, which is just too much. Too much. I agree. And I just, just think about trying to play in tournaments after 
all this drops the same time. <laughs> you're going to be playing against characters you haven't played against at all yet, much less team configurations. That's right. Someone's just going to have an extra large base, and they're going to say, that's my Black Dwarf. I haven't had time to put them together yet. Just treat that as Black Dwarf visually on the board. No, it's a lot. And it's a lot for us to do, too, which is frankly exciting because we have all these interesting characters coming up that I need to learn more about. Some that I know a good chunk about. But then after we get in my purview, I'm just like, okay, tell me all about the Black Order, Chris. I don't, I know only from very little of the comics and of course the MCU, their motivations, but I want to hear their backstories. You know, I want to hear it's more be about it's gonna Wong. Be like, I don't know very much about Wong from the comics. So these are all exciting things. And we are so excited to take you guys on that journey with us on the show. But you know, Chris, today we've got to do something really important. We got to finish our fourth episode in our Asgardian series, our fourth and final episode before we pivot into the vision and winter soldier, which have nothing to do with Asgard. So let's bring this Asgard home with Hela, queen of hell. Can't wait. But first I think we need to take care of a little business. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to www.discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. We'd like to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a big thank you to Jason. Jason, thank you so much for your support, so much for the uh, dollary dues. We appreciate it very much, man. Thank you so much, Jason. And like we said last episode, Chris, I just kind of keep saying it during these hard times, which is not something to say lightly with the quarantine and people's jobs and strange positions and things like that. Your dollars mean a lot to us. You're helping us keep the lights on, pay the bills. You're making this content happen for everyone else, because as I've said in the past, Fury's Finest will always be free. The podcast will always be on all our RSS feeds. But there are people that help us pay the bills and help keep us going and inspired. And those are the patrons. And we can't thank the patrons enough. And you know what, Chris? We don't say it enough, I feel like, on the show. But when you join the Patreon, you get to be part of our patron Discord. And we have a lot of great discussions on there. Like you said this week, a lot of awesome DMs and support and sharing on our Discord through these strange times. And we cannot thank the patrons enough. Chris? I think it's time to get into some Hello Lord. Oh boy, here we go, guys. Well, let's start it off with who is Hella? Hella was born in Jotunheim, the land of the giants. She's the child of Loki, albeit a different incarnation who died during a previous Asgardian Ragnarok. Oh my, we're already we're already at a weird point. One oh, yeah. sentence in. One sentence in. And the giantess. Agraboa. I have no idea if I got that oh, right. That's legit. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, know. Correct me if you want. I welcome it. When she came of age, Odin appointed her as the goddess of the dead, giving her rulership over the dead in the realms of Hel and Niflheim. Let's talk about Hela's first appearance in comics. Hela was adapted from Norse myths by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Journey into Mystery 102, March 1964. Chris, I'm seeing a correlation here with our last episode, where Loki came from a similar cloth, except uh, Hell is a little bit further down the line. So that's kind of an interesting thing to look at. And I say further down the line, 1964 is still a long time ago in the scheme of things. She's had a long time to acquire um, a lot of information behind her. All right, let's start her history. And it's quite a history. Hella often tried to expand her power to the dead who dwelled in Valhalla as well. The attempts often brought Hela into conflict with Odin or his son Thor. She once appeared to Thor while he was on the verge of death after battling the Wrecker, who knocked a building onto him while he was depowered. However, she failed to tempt Thor into entering Valhalla, despite an image of one that dwelled in Valhalla. Later, Hela stole a portion of the sleeping Odin's soul while he was on the Sea of Eternal Night due to Loki planning to take over Asgard, thus creating a powerful entity known as Infinity. Hela then unleashed Infinity upon the universe. Infinity even took control of Odin. Hela slew Thor, who was restored to life by the sacrifice of her servant, the Silent One. Hela was then slain by Odin to save Thor, 
but then returned to life by Odin after being convinced by Thor to restore the natural balance of life and death. Hela slew Thor after tracking him down by putting humans in danger, but restored him to life after Sif offered to die in his place. That is very complicated. And there's more. <laughs> okay. Hela later battled the Olympian death god Pluto. We're, we're crossing mythologies now, Chris, for the right to claim Odin's soul, as Odin had been killed by the monster Mangog. As a result, Hela restored Odin to life to prevent Pluto from claiming him. Sometime later, Hela confronted Thor and Odin. Then she plotted with Loki to bring about Ragnarok by slaying the god Baldr and then attacking Asgard. She summoned Vola's spirit before this to tell her and Loki about Ragnarok, after which she prepared an army of monsters to attack Asgard. However, Odin used his powers to prevent Baldr dying. Later, Baldr was restored after the Asgardian's death and resurrection after battling the Celestials. Hela then summoned Valkyrie to aid her in the war against Olyris, while Hela encountered the other defenders. Hela was then forced to join the conspiracy of Loki and Tyr against Odin. She also unwillingly entered into alliances with the death gods of other Earth pantheons, joining their realms together to create a vast hell. As a result, she was destroyed and devoured along with other death gods by the Demogorgue, the God-Eater, as a result of this, she was destroyed and devoured along with the other death gods by the Demogorg, the God-Eater. Of course, the goddess of death is not going to be held down by something as simple as death. Demogorg, the, the God-Eater. <laughs> Hela later allies with Malekith and takes souls of Earth's immortals to hell using special food of the fairy. She then appeared in Asgard to claim Odin's soul, but was driven off by Thor. She encountered the X-Men and the New Mutants in Asgard, and appeared to claim Wolverine's soul, but was driven off by the X-Man Mirage. Hell, the land Hela rules over and land of the dead, was then invaded by Thor, Baldr, the Executioner, and Einhajar to rescue the captive mortal souls. Hela wrestled Thor for the souls, and raised an army of the dead to stop Thor. During the fight with Thor, and preventing his escape, Hela cursed Thor with a dark form of eternal life, making him incapable of dying, while also making his bones weak and brittle, so he would break it more easily, and would not heal from damage inflicted. Hela then contested against Mephisto, who attempted to process Thor's soul. Thor creates special mystical armor as protection while battling Mephisto, but after battling and defeating him, his body is then pulverized into jelly. Thor eventually focuses Hela to lift the curse by using the Destroyer as his host body to invade Hell, forcing Hela to restore his body to full life and health. From time to time, Odin would enter a magical sleep in order to bolster his powers. It was during one of these sleeps that Hela made a plan for power. She corrupted the Valkyries, mentally and physically, transforming them into fire demons. This also included Danielle Moonstar of the New Mutants, who was on Earth at the time. Danny and her new team were eventually brought over to Asgard. Hela sent the Valkyries against the dwarves and the new mutants in Asgard. While the new mutants battled with Hela's forces, Hela forced the dwarf Eitri to forge a sword of Asgardian metal, Uru. This is the same metal that Thor's Molnir is forged from. Using this sword and magic, Hela recruits the Warriors Three and sends a mirage to kill the sleeping Odin. While Asgard's forces battle Hela's soldiers, the new mutants save Odin and foil Hela's plans. Hela was reawakened from her mortal guise after Ragnarok by Thor due to Loki's machinations. So remember, we talked about this in previous episodes. Ragnarok is a pivotal moment in all these characters' stories. And, you know, sometimes it brings people back. Hela flees to Earth and now lives in Las Vegas. Why Las Vegas, you ask? She is maintaining a lair where she can feed on the souls of unlucky people. If this was real, that would be me. Very <laughs> unlucky when it comes to gambling. Very unlucky. And here's the best part. Since Loki essentially brought her back with Ragnarok, she agrees to help him in the future when he plans to take over Asgard after she builds up enough power in Las Vegas. At this point, she is seen attending a meeting in Las Vegas with the other underworld gods, Mephisto, Blackheart, Satanash, and, and Dormammu. 
We're going to shift gears a little bit, but it's going to make sense. When Norman Osborn attempts to subdue the X-Men, Cyclops sends Daniel Moonstar to Las Vegas. When she arrives to Las Vegas, she approaches Hela for a boon. Hela warns her that the price of the boon is a heavy one, but Danielle accepts, requesting a new ride home and a big ol' sword. So now we have the X-Men realizing that Hell is there and she can give them extra powers, maybe for a cost. Let's find out what happens here. During the siege of Asgard, Loki appears before Hela, asking if she'd made arrangements for the dead. Hela points out, simply, that she's no longer a lord of Hell. She has nowhere to put those souls, so they're just kind of wandering forever. So then Loki hatches a scheme. Loki provides her with proof of the Desir, whom are banished cannibalistic Valkyries who once belonged to Bor. Now, we've mentioned Bor before in various episodes. Loki curses these Valkyries for dining on the flesh of others' guardians. The curse is that they can only feed on the souls of gods. So meeting with Mephisto, Loki strikes up a deal granting a portion of his netherworld to Hela, for 1,001 years as her new realm of hell. In exchange for this, Hela erases Loki from the books of hell. Thus, he is no longer tied to hell or Asgard, gaining absolute freedom. However, unknown to Hela, Loki has manipulated these events in his favor, and he has had the Desir in his service and has leased them out to Mephisto for 101 days after demonstrating their skill to the Demon Lord. Hela summons Danielle Moonstar to repay her debt and to gather the spirits of the Asgardians that fell in the battle with Norman Osborn's forces as quickly as possible so they do not fall prey to the Desir. Repay that debt for that boon. There it is. And maybe a little bit of a, just a tiny bit of a heart of gold in there? Just a tiny maybe bit. Maybe she just wants to keep her own, the souls that are her property safe. Selfishly so, yeah. The Desir... Still hungry, still looking to eat some gods and Asgardians, attack Hela's new hell, as it was not the true hell they were banished from. Sensing the Dastyr's assault on the dead Asgardians, Hela attempts to protect them using the sword Eergram, but she is disarmed and her arm is sliced off in a brutal fashion. Hela is quickly overwhelmed by her own remaining power, insufficient to counter theirs. Absorbing the dead into her body, Hela creates a fortress around herself to protect them and reaches out to Thor for help. With the help of Thor and Tyr, they manage to slay and banish the remaining Dastyr, whose souls are then claimed by the triumphant god Mephisto. In the aftermath of the Siege of Asgard, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor are mysteriously drawn into one of the other nine realms, eventually revealed to be the Hell Realm of Hela. Thor, after a fierce struggle with the Enchantress, engages in open combat with a knight sword armed Hela, and though managing to hold his own against her and the forces for some time, Thor ultimately falls to her immense and evidently vastly enhanced powers. Amora shows up, teleports Hela away, saves Thor's life. In doing this, Hela defeats her, and then attempts to destroy Mjolnir, despite summoning Bor himself to her aid, and then slays the Enchantress after revealing that she now wields the Twilight Sword of Sur-Tor. So, a lot just happened here, Chris. Thor almost died again. We're seeing this theme a lot. Hela just killed a couple people to gain more Nordic weapons, basically, that are that are enchanted. We talked about this in our first Asgardian episode, Chris, with Thor. I love that they're all named. That's very accurate to the it's lore. It's very fun. And they all kind of um, have counters and a you know paper, scissor, rock mm-hmm. element to each other. It's very interesting. That's part of the history, and then they kind of bring it into the comics. So this is getting pretty interesting. After Thor reunites with Iron Man and Captain America, he manages to persuade many of his former Asgardian enemies into rallying behind him into an army against Hela and her forces. Hela attacks Thor and his allies, defeating and nearly slaying him with the power of the Twilight Sword. But the Enchantress intervenes and saves him, teleporting him away to reclaim Molinir and using her own powers to help, they fight Hela. Thor ultimately manages to claim the Twilight Sword and uses it to restore the Nine Worlds back to their former harmony and order while banishing Hela, but refuses to set Asgard back into the sky, as Amora asks, claiming that using such unholy power for his own ends would make him the same as Hela herself. A grateful and healed Amora then returns to Thor and his friends back to Midgard 
after Thor promises her that her allegiance will not be forgotten. During the Chaos War storylines, Hela breaks into Pluto's throne room in the underworld to warn him of the Amatasu Mikabushi's army of a thousand alien deities decimating the death realms, joining forces with Pluto in a desperate and seemingly futile attempt to repel the massive assault on their own domains. Hela, alongside with Pluto, Satanash, and many other of the Earth's various netherworlds are shown to be slaves of the Chaos King after he obliterates the realms of Hell himself. During the 2011 Fear Itself storyline, Cyclops sends Daniel Moonstar to what's left of Las Vegas to look for Hela while the X-Men fight Kurth. Hela, in hiding, has taken to living in a Las Vegas casino. Hela teleports Moonstar to Hell in order to defend it. When her teammates try to invoke a dark magic to summon a portal to follow Danielle, they end up in Hell instead of Hell. As in Earth Hell, H-E-double-L-L, instead of Hela's Hell, which is this whole time spoken to you in audio form, H-E-L. They encounter Mephisto, who then says he will get them to, to hell as hell if Magma goes out with Following him. the death of her lover, Sarah, Angela petitions Hella to free her soul. When Hella refuses, Angela launches a campaign to conquer her realm, assisted by Hella's handmaiden, Leah. Angela eventually succeeds in besting Hella and takes her crown, becoming the new queen. What? However... <laughs> She quickly abdicates her position and installs Balder as the ruler of Hell, while a bound Hela is taken prisoner. At this point, a greatly weakened Hela eventually escapes captivity, makes her way to the Triskelion on Earth, where Thanos has been imprisoned after a recent battle with the Ultimates. Disguising her identity with a hooded robe, she proposes an alliance with Thanos and is tasked with bringing him Mjolnir of an alternate universe of Thor as tribute. Accompanied by Proxima Midnight and Black Swan, Hela travels to the Collector's Fortress where the hammer is being held. There, the trio battle Thor and Beta Ray Bill and fail in receiving this alternate universe Mjolnir hammer. Upon returning to Thanos, Hela reveals her true identity and easily defeats both Black Swan and Proxima Midnight to demonstrate her power. She then tells Thanos that she needs his help to reclaim the rule of Hell and offers to grant him the death he has long been seeking in exchange. Hela then kisses Thanos in a passionate embrace. And that brings us to current time. Holy cow. What a ride. What a ride. What a way to end the story, too. I was not ready for this, Chris. Yeah, man. man. Sorry, Proxima Midnight. You look super cool. And we're excited to do your episode, which is coming soon. But it seems we already know part of your lore. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Chris, that was incredibly intense and convoluted. We got to move on to her appearances in the MCU. Hela is in Thor Ragnarok. This is her film, Chris. She is the villain. She is revealed in the MCU to be directly related to Thor and Loki as their sister. Yes. I like that they tighten it up even more. She did fight with Odin in the past in combat. She fought with the Valkyr and all that stuff. But of course, she tries to take over Asgard. And of course, we know how this goes. Loki and Thor do invoke Ragnarok. And Surtur ends up destroying her because they can't kill her. They try. And it doesn't work. So they invoke Ragnarok. And she is destroyed alongside Asgard as the people escape. And that's actually how they defeat Hela. You know, we got to mention she's played by Kate Blanchett and fantastic performance. Once again, great casting. They keep the knocking MCU. out of the park, man. They really do. Sometimes you can blow someone's mind and say, hey, that's Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. Just throw mm-hmm. that out there. And people are like, man, like the makeup and just the performance are so different. And it's great. It shows the testament of the casting in these films. Of course, her only other appearance in the MCU is Avengers Infinity War. She's mentioned because, of course, the film starts with the refugees of Asgard escaping the destruction of Asgard and attempting to find a new place and then being invaded by the Black Order, their ships. That's it for Hela. She's pretty simple in the MCU, though not simple in her comic book lore. But Chris, what are Hela's powers? Because we've talked about how she is the queen of Hell. She is the guardian of this version of 
of the underworld in this pantheon grouping of mythology and on top of that, this grouping of comics. But I know she has some powers. She has way too many. She's really strong. She, of course, is a god. So superhuman strength, speed, stamina, agility, durability, all of that stuff. But there's a little caveat to this. When wearing her special cloak, she is far stronger than the vast majority of her race. Her strength has allowed her to engage in sustained hand-to-hand combat with Thor. We see that in the movie, too. She is extremely strong. Without the cloak, though, she is a normal Asgardian. Okay. Hela also has vast mystical powers, which she can use for various effects, similar to Loki. But she has the astral projection. She also can shoot energy from her hands. She can age or kill Asgardians with her hands. Levitation, illusions. Her most powerful ability is her hand of glory, a technique that uses mystical energy to enhance the strength of her punch to then one punch a person to kill, even Asgardians. As a death goddess, Hela has a pact with death. When she claims a soul, she claims the soul of a worshiper of the Asgardians or the Asgardians herself and brings them to hell, or sometimes Niflheim. She can also travel anywhere in the nine worlds in an instant. Okay, so this is through her pact with the, not necessarily god death, but the actual death itself Mm -hmm. bestows her these extra powers. Her touch is fatal to mortals, and she's capable of taking mortal souls to hell, though she rarely does. She leaves the Valkyries the job of taking mortal heroes to Valhalla instead of taking them to hell. She is very skilled at illusions. The illusions Jesse mentioned are so powerful they can actually kill a living Asgardian. And speaking of killing a living Asgardian, she has the ability to restore the dead Asgardians to life as long as their spirits have not passed on into the afterlife. But she rarely, rarely, rarely uses this ability. So Chris mentioned Hela's cloak. This is where it gets really interesting. Hela always wears her magical cloak, which enhances her strength and keeps her young and healthy. Chris also mentioned earlier it makes her stronger than the average strong Asgardian. The goddess always has jet black hair and bright green eyes, but without the cloak, Hela reverts to her true form. In this form, half of her body is healthy and beautiful, while the other half is decaying to death. Without the cloak, Hela is very weak and can barely move, and her powers are greatly reduced. She is unable to levitate or even stand sometimes, and cannot project her mystical bolts. Hela does not need to wear the cloak. Simply touching is enough to restore her to her stronger form. Other than that, Hela is often armed with her knight sword, which is a, in, as a proficient swordswoman. Hela can command all the dead who dwell in Hell and Niflheim, but she has no power over the dead in Valhalla. So Chris, she even has her miniature army of the dead. Super cool. Super convoluted. I love surprised it. we made it through that alive. I'm shocked. We did it. I'm very proud of us, and I'm very proud of the listeners for making sense of that. Right. Take a shot every time we say hell. <laughs> so, Chris, closing out our lore, like always, do you have a comic book recommendation? For I mean, of course, you can check out Fear Itself, because clearly she has some stuff going on there. Absolutely. You know, if you really want to get into that early stuff, that really, really convoluted, fun stuff, Thor and Journey into Mystery are the way to do it. Thor 622 through 645. A couple issues in there are also named Journey into Mystery. Really cool modern Hela story. All right. Well, Chris, it's time to talk about Hela and MCP, so let's just get over to strategy. Her name is Hela, Queen of Hell. Her alter ego is Hela. She has a stamina of six. She's a medium speed, a height of two, and a threat of four, Chris. Her defenses are as follows. Four physical, four energy, four mystic. Chris, anything stand out to you on Hela's healthy side and her stats? I guess just those fours across the boards there. Yeah, just solid. Four fours. Not bad, not out of control, just solid. She's an average health, which is six for a four threat character. And I'll just mention while we're here now, Chris, when she's on her injured side, her stamina does decrease to four. So that gives her a total health of 10, which for 
four threat characters is a little low, but I think we're going to see some things that mitigate that. I just want to say that up front because that is one of the two changes that happen when we flip to her back. She gets a decrease in health and then she also gains a new superpower, which we will get to. But Chris, let's start us off like we always do and let's go into her first attack. Her first attack is Hellforged Blade. It is a physical attack. It's range 2, strength 5, cost 0. After this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. And on wilds, it has bleed. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. Okay. A pretty average strike, Chris. A range 2 physical strike that's 5 strength. And that nets you energy, like all strikes. But she does have a bleed. So this is nice. So it's a wild trigger that gives her a bleed. This is a fine strike. It's a strong strike if you can give this bleed. Nothing wrong with it. Bleed is a condition that's permanent until, of course, you are flipped to your injured side or KO'd, of course, and it's just gone. Or, or you take an action or have a ability to remove the condition. But, you know, Chris, every time someone activates, they're taking a damage from this bleed. So it's a little ping on top of the damage Hell is already dealing, which seems to be pretty good. Let's see her other attacks. Her second attack is a mystic attack. That's exciting. Called Claim Soul. It is a range four, six strength attack that costs two power. If the attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, this character gains one captured soul token. We haven't gotten to what the souls do yet, Chris. I'm just going to say up front, this is the lifeblood of this character. So if you have two power, you're going to always claim soul instead of strike. Absolutely. Because you need these tokens for future endeavors. She does a great builder spender. She has two builder spender mechanics now. She does. Let's not forget to mention, Chris, which is very exciting. This is a mystic attack. That's pretty unique. Oh, yeah. We don't have a lot of mystic attacks in the game as of this moment, as in units that are in our hand. I understand Strange is coming. He's going to be a mystic monster. I know the Maw is almost here, and the Maw is a mystic nightmare as well. But this is neat, because this is a character we have physically in our hands who has a pretty decent mystic attack. Six strength is not over the top, but it's better than basic and average. That range four sure is nice. That is nice for an attack that seems essential to her kit, because she needs these souls. So let's talk about her third and final attack. It is Reign of Hell. It is a physical attack with a range of three, strength of seven, and a cost of four power. Ooh. If the target character has the bleed special condition, it does not count wild results as successes when defending against this attack. The wild trigger for Reign of Hell is explosive. Before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within range 2 of the target character suffer 1 damage. So there's another ping. I like that. Are we seeing a little bit of a theme with this character, Chris, that she likes to deal damage? Because that's what I'm Yeah, saying. seems like she might be pretty good at it, too. Yeah, she seems consistent. Like, she's not a super heavy hitter. But some of these things she's getting, like if the target character has a bleed condition on them, they don't count their wilds as defense results. That's great. This is a seven strength attack in a way that makes that better than a seven strength attack because you're kind of negating an entire percentage of their dice results on all their defense dice. It's a physical attack, which is not as good. I will say that up front because physical is the most represented defense in the game, but this is still pretty good. And like you said, Chris, this wild trigger explosive is really neat. Notice it says other enemy characters as in plural within range two. They all suffer a ping. A damage. That's nice. That's very, very nice. Now, Chris, maybe this is just still fresh in my mind. I maybe I just got the Asgardian fever right now because you and I haven't played these characters very much and we want to play them more. And then, of course, the quarantine hit. But I can't help to think of Loki almost immediately with the Mesmerize where he's moving mm-hmm. people to do the similar thing. And then maybe Hela goes after him and does another similar thing. They've got these little mind control elements with these little AOEs of pings. And that's pretty evocative of these characters. They're sorcerers, It's right? also very tempting to try to get the, to set up that perfect play where you're pinging half of an enemy team twice. Absolutely. And of course, you're going to want to set up some more bleeds with her. So I've got a couple ideas after we go through her card of maybe some list pairings with bleed. But not bad. Four, once again... 
four powers a lot. So that's worth mentioning. But let's go into her superpowers, Chris, because I think this is where she truly shines. Her first superpower is an active superpower called Army of Hell. Zero power costs. A lot of text. Here we go. Discard one, two, or three captured soul tokens. During the next attack made by this character, Hella, on this turn, add one die to its attack for each captured soul token that was discarded. If a captured soul token was discarded, after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. This superpower can be used only once per turn. There's a lot to unpack here, Chris. A lot. A lot. I love that we've had two of the most complex characters on the show thus far, back to back. Loki, then followed by Hela. And of course, these are characters that are absolute treats for me to wrap mind around as the type of player I am, but I'm still figuring them out as well. So it seems to me, and I'm just going to say this up front, everything you do with Hela is built around this one superpower. If you're not doing the superpower right, you're not doing Hela right. And this is where her fourth threat becomes contentious. Because if you're not doing the superpower right, unfortunately, Chris, you're probably getting a three and a half or a three out of her on the threat scale, not the four that she actually costs. Because this is powerful. Can you imagine claim soul with three more dice, a mystic attack that's nine? Can you imagine reign of hell that's a seven strength attack with one, two, or three more dice? So it could be a threshold of up to 10 dice. And then, of course, we have a lot of things working together here, right, Chris? If you did Army of Hell when you had some soul tokens on you, and then you did Reign of Hell as your attack, well, it says if the target character has bleed, well, now we've already established that if you used Army of Hell, you've given them a bleed. So that's going to happen automatically. So not only are you doing a stronger than seven dice strength attack because you spent one to three souls so now you're at eight nine or ten you're doing eight nine or ten dice against weaker defense dice and now you're also hitting what chris and i talk about all the time a higher chance to hit wilds on your own dice and trigger explosive what do you think i think i don't want to play you with this character oh she's tough i think i'm gonna force you to keep iron man in your in your lineup instead iron man oh man her entire kit is built around this ability, Chris, but let's move on to our other superpowers because I think this will give us a little bit more ideas to discuss. So let's talk about her injured-only side superpower. It is called Queen of Hell. It is a reactive superpower. It also costs zero power. If this character has three captured soul tokens, when it would be KO'd, you may use this superpower. Remove all damage and captured soul tokens from this character it is not KO'd. Okay, Chris, a couple thoughts up front. Let's discuss that it's only on her injured side. Second of all, her injured side only has four health. So she becomes a glass cannon, but she becomes a glass cannon that can revive herself back from the dead if you have three soul tokens. What does this mean? Well, it means you want to keep her safe enough from multiple attacks because she only has four health. You also want to keep at least three soul tokens on her when she's in this phase of the game and hopefully if you're a good player it's mid game or late game period it's never early game for this being in this predicament right because now it's kind of a burden on you to have at least three captured souls you don't want to spend those on army of hell i really don't think you want to because it's your get out of jail free card though inversely i will say if it's late game and Black Widow or Zemo or one of those long movers is just about to run away with the final objective, you forget Queen of Hell entirely. You just go full Army of Hell, spend all those tokens, pump up your last attack with Hela, and wipe that character off the board to drop that objective because, you know, that could be a game-changing moment. She's going to be gone shortly after that because you won't have the souls. But we're saying right now she's a heavy hitter like the other Asgardians, right? And sometimes you just got to dish out the heavy damage and just let her die. It just gives you the flexibility of being able to do it. The options there. Maybe even you want to, you want to get a little frisky and she's in a fairly safe spot. Maybe you can use two tokens instead of three on her to bait people in. That's true. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe set up a little trap. Yeah. We're seeing some themes with her and Loki where they can kind of bait people in. Chris, you mentioned a lot of those in our last episode where 
maybe it's late game and now you just start putting Loki in harm's way to be an annoying objective runner or an annoying objective blocker because they're wasting attacks and mental fortitude to attack him and now he's triggering trickster god he's triggering all these things to mess with your opponent and that's what's cool about these characters they are so reactive they are so control but that also makes their ceiling incredibly high and incredibly difficult to achieve every absolutely time. chris this is not going to be a captain america threat of four where you're always going to get your money's worth where he's going to provide defense for your other units he's going to provide consistent physical attacks great leadership ability with the Avengers. We're not getting this with Hela. We're getting a heavy hitting kind of glass cannon who has some control healing elements. So Chris, I'm going to talk about her last two powers really quickly to bring this home because I think they're going to make sense with everything so far. Of course, she has an innate power of being an Asgardian during the power phase. This character gains one additional power. We've talked about this on every episode up to this point. She is the final Asgardian that is out so far. And I still, still will keep singing the tunes of this power. How much I love this, Chris, because you take Hela and Cabal. She's the only Asgardian. She still has a mini Asgardian affiliation ability on her, and it's one extra power every turn, which is They're great. all extremely powerful characters, and this just helps maintain that feel outside of their unit affiliation. Absolutely. And her last innate power is called Goddess of Death. When another character, notice it doesn't say allied or enemy, when another character is dazed or KO'd, this character gains a captured soul token. This character may have a maximum of three captured soul tokens on her at any time. There's a lot to unpack, Chris. There's a lot to unpack. But basically, anytime one of your characters or your opponent's characters are dazed or KO'd, she's getting tokens. You really have to spend your tokens correctly. It's tough. Think about the sequencing you could get through some of that stuff, though. Oh, absolutely. Maybe you spend one one too many for the bait in, mm-hmm. and then immediately you've got someone teed up, and you knock them down right after you've baited the character you need in to the trap. You just, oh, just man. string it up and just pull it tight. Well, and there's just so many strange scenarios, Chris. It's like, we're, we're in late game now, right? Let's think in terms of late game. Everyone's hurt. Everyone. Hela is now a true strong force if she's still around because she can start killing people quickly with these strong attacks. Maybe you just go for it. Maybe you just spend mm-hmm. all three on Army of Hell. You drop a 10 dice attack on a couple characters, but now she's out there. Okay. You, maybe you kill someone, get a KO or a daze, you know, whatever. But now she has like no tokens on her. But here's the problem she's already activated. Okay. So now you're putting your opponents in questioning positions where it's like, do I really kill Hela, who's weak on her injured side, or do I actually go for someone who hasn't activated yet? Because that's the question of all miniatures games, right, Chris? It's like, if I can take a unit off the board that you haven't activated yet, I'm usually going to lean that way. But now Hela's exposed, do you do it? These are difficult questions. And then I think it's even more interesting, we have characters with beam attacks. It's late game, you beam attack days two characters or or ko two characters mm-hmm. heller's got two tokens she only had one before that you thought she was pretty vulnerable now she's three now she can bring herself back to life do a wasted attack on her but if you don't waste an attack on her now she spends those three on her next activation to pump exactly. up her dice up to eight nine ten it is a mind game and it is an incredible character i cannot wait to play her just period. I haven't played her yet, Chris, and I, I'm so happy her hobbying is done, and she looks phenomenal. Um, this miniature is insane. We didn't talk about it yet. I guess now it's amazing. And now's a good time to talk about it. It's one of my it. favorites to date. This miniature pushed you over the edge, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. like you were already very interested in this game, and I think the reveal of Hela in sequence with some other characters, but specifically Hela's sculpt, the route they went, she's floating on this, you know, dark so power. Cool, man. It is incredible, but like you're seeing a trend with this character, Chris, and that's she has an incredibly high ceiling, very similar to Loki. So like we talked about early on, Thor and Valkyrie, which are kind of more consistent damage dealers for their point cost and the threat. Right. Loki and Hela, though you did say on our Loki episode, you thought in the hands of a good player, Loki could potentially be maybe 4.5 or something, but they're both four threat characters, and if you don't get the most out of them... You're actually at a detriment. 100%. And I think that's going to happen, even for the good players. Maybe someone like me who really takes on myself to really work on Hela and Loki and learn them. 
I'm still going to have games where they just don't work. And that's kind of what's right. interesting about these characters. They're incredibly flavorful. They, they have control. They have damage. But if you don't play them right, they're not going to work. And that's what's tough. But, you know, inversely, Chris, let's think about all these characters. We're kind of at the end of our Asgardian thing here, so we kind of do a retrospective. Let's also not forget about the Asgardian ability. Of course, when you have more than 50% representation on your team and you have Thor as your leader, you get the Asgardian affiliation ability, Prince of Asgard. At the start of each of your turns, one allied character may spend one power. If they do, remove one damage or one special condition from that character. Each allied character may use this leadership power once per round. So let's also keep in mind that every Asgardian gets two power every turn. You can also heal Hela with the Asgardian affiliation mm-hmm. if she's with Thor. Now, here's where it gets really interesting, Chris. I think she's an obvious choice, not necessarily for Asgardians, but for Cabal. She's dealing a lot of damage, getting a lot of economy back, spending a lot of power to do more things. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. She's also a villain, so I'm, I'm into that theme a lot. I think she has maybe credence in several factions, but... The last thing I want to mention is it seems a lot of her abilities are triggered off of having power or having bleeds on the board or having characters teed up. So an interesting idea I thought of is, of is I think Hela fits really well in Asgardian because she, she's a little tankier, right? But inversely, I think she's as good or better in Cabal because every time she deals a certain amount of damage, she gets that amount back in economy. That's the beautiful part of Cabal. The higher your ceiling goes with damage, the higher economy you get. But the last part I wanted to mention with Cabal is I think it'd be so cool to pair Hela with Baron Zemo and Killmonger, who are dishing out high damage and bleeds all game. Interesting. That could be really fun. Yeah, and we got a kind of a thematic list. We got two swordsmen who are murdering people up close, but then you kind of have Hela a little bit further away with these range three and four attacks. And she's kind of just finishing people off and taking those soul tokens. Mm-hmm. I think there's viability to it. And since Baron Zemo and Killmonger are both Cabal, as long as you had Red Skull, you'd have the leadership ability for sure. Maybe fill out the rest of your list with a lower point objective runner or something like that. Because Killmonger, Hela, and Red Skull, those three is 12 points. You had Zemo. That's 15. That's so many objectives of the game, right? Because 15 or higher. 17, 20. So now you're at 15. You want to add a, a Black Widow or something, go up to 17. Or maybe you want to go up to 20. You're at 15. Get one of those heavy hitters, a MODOK. Oof. An insanely high damage list. If your opponent makes a mistake, something dies. Bible. Interesting. I'm not looking forward to playing you with that. We'll but- see if I do that, yeah. It'll be interesting. We, we got to get at least one game in with that list, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's even viability, Chris, to crazy lists. Like, I think there's viability to a 15-threat list of Thor, Hela, Hulk. Yeah. I mean, just something insane like that where you just you go for the just high damage and everyone's a threat, you know, and um, yeah. you got the Thor as Asgardian leadership for everyone. I do like the idea of triggering bleeds together and just all of Hela's stuff procking off bleeds and she's kind of your finisher, right? She's your, mm-hmm. your mage. She's your high burst mage in the back and you get all these big guys up front. But I mean, then if you pair with Modok or something, I mean, it's just oppressive. Chris Modok is, he is just so hard to fight. His skill ceiling is lower. He is so high damage. He is so viable early game that like, I think in, in the hands of any player that knows how to position in miniatures games, they're going to get damage off with Modok. So like Hela's getting her tokens, you know? So there's a lot of options. So I'm really interested. You know, also the last thing I want to mention with Hello before we're doing strategy is like, I know there's super wide lists and I'm super interested in that idea of seven or eight character lists. And those exist now and they're possible because we have characters like Rocket, Black Widow, et cetera, et cetera. But now you're looking at a problem because Hella has more chance to get more tokens, you know, weaker characters. There's more options. Days more people, KO more people, like she's getting more tokens. So you've gotten to weigh all of this, and it's really interesting with the character. And I'm excited to get her to the table and just kind of dive really deep with her in different lists. She's a tough one, Chris. She's a tough one. Time will tell how good she actually is. She is tough. I have a feeling she'll be pretty good. I Maybe not auto-include. No. Especially if you're talking about building a list around her. Her filling a specific niche mm-hmm. in that list. I think you're going to see her here and there for a long time. I'm really interested in playing a full Asgardians list. Definitely. 
with Hela and Loki in concert, kind of working together. Yeah, and Thor and Valkyrie up front, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I'm just so interested in double maging. Yeah, definitely. Just all the control that those two offer yeah. the game. I'm interested in playing around with that. It is very unique to this game so far. Like, There's nothing that's been like these characters, so I'm really excited to dive deeper with them, Chris. I'm, I'm happy we got to dive as much as we did before everything changed, but I just... What a time. Yeah. There's just so much for this game in the future, and I love that we can do these deep dives on one specific character and you know we have to cut the content short like we keep talking about hell right now and we there's just so many possibilities and that's what's so beautiful about this game like if you really love hell and loki go buy that pack you know what i mean absolutely you're not going to be penalized for owning them because they are strong interesting characters that fit not only a narrative but they fit a play style and if you like them hopefully our episode explain them to you in some way. But I mean, if you like them, just pick them up because once again, we always say Chris in this game, you don't have to buy every character and you can pick and choose what you want. And Hela, I think is a pretty neat character in this game. And that miniature is just out of control. So good. You could almost just never use it. Yeah. Just beautiful. Just display, it. display that on your desk. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Christ Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and Facebook.com slash Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at Gmail and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Guys, all this stuff helps a lot. And I just got to say while we're here, Chris, and I, this doesn't even have a conversation I've had with you yet, but we have just like breached barely, but we're right there. The top hundred gaming podcasts of Apple. Isn't that exciting? What a time to be content creators in the gaming world, because there's so many bigger things going on in gaming with our little smaller game here. That's a phenomenal game that we love so much. And we want to spread with everyone. So every time you guys leave us a review, every time you subscribe and every time you guys like one of our social media pages, you're helping more than you even know. And if you can't afford the Patreon or you can't contribute that way, if you can do some of those things, it helps us exponentially more than you even know, because um, visibility is everything and people are finding this game and we want more people to find this game and enjoy this hobby with us. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, just like we were talking about, and help spread the word about our show. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jesse Aiken, J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Make sure to check out my Star Wars podcast, The Canon Cantina, C-A-N-O-N, Cantina. And it's a show where we talk about Star Wars every week. and. If anyone needs to reach out right now and talk about anything, just reach out to me. Now's the time. Several of you guys have, and I truly appreciate it. And if you have something to say about the show or something completely unrelated to the show, just the world that we live in, I would love to talk because uh, it's been strange times for everyone. And anything I can do to bring positivity to anyone in the community is kind of our goal here, Chris. So I really appreciate you guys just listening. Anything I do, and then on top of that, just... Reach out on social media, and I appreciate you people that have. That goes ditto for me, guys. Please don't hesitate. Reach out. I'm always down to chat. Speaking of, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. So he's gone. It's a shame I would have liked to have seen that. You must be Hella. 
1.4, son of Odin. Really? You don't look like him. Perhaps we can come to an arrangement. You sound like him. Neil. Beg your pardon. Neil. Before your queen. I don't think so. Darling, you have no idea what's possible.